You are listening to Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast. Here are your hosts, Trevor Mueller and Jake Grant. Hey, Husky fans, welcome back to Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast from Sports Illustrated Husky Baby Channel. My name is Trevor Mueller. With me is Jake Grant. And our guests are Husky for the week. We have DeAndre Campbell. He was a receiver at the University of Washington from 2010 to 2014 and a member of the NFL. Uh, you played for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, DeAndre, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad to be on. Glad to be on. Uh, you, you were talking, well, we were all talking before the show started about this weird COVID year. And one of the things that you mentioned is the importance of players getting film out to uh, NFL teams to either draft higher in the draft, get into the draft, or get a rookie, uh, a rookie free agent deal. You took the road less traveled. Can you talk about what you had to do to achieve your dream of playing in the NFL? Yeah, man. So um, I definitely, uh, I definitely, definitely took the road less traveled. Um, I didn't really have uh, uh, the ideal senior year um, at the University of Washington that would put me in a position to, you know, to go to the NFL. Um, but what I did was I just, I didn't, I didn't pay too much attention to that, and I just focused on the opportunity that was in front of me to take full advantage of because I knew that, you know, this was my opportunity. You know, I didn't, at the time, I wasn't ready to go work a regular nine to five. Um, and just, you know, just, I and in lack of better terms, be a, a regular person outside of being an athlete. And so I just said, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my all into this and I'm gonna work my butt off every day. And so what I essentially did at the time was um, from the second week of January to my pro day, that year, I want to say it was the end of April. Um, I trained six days a week, twice a day. Um, I had a strict diet and I worked my butt off. And when pro day came, I, I showed all the NFL teams that were there what I could do. Um, at the time, I was in a fortunate position because there were so many guys that were top prospects that year. Um, Danny Sheldon, uh, Shaq Thompson, uh, Marcus Peters, the name of Haoli came, we all came, we, we, we all came out together. So. Um, I was in a position to be able to take full advantage of the opportunity. And, you know, um, a few teams were willing to take a chance on me. I ended up picking the 49ers. But, um, yeah, man, it was a role that's traveled. Um, I had to work my butt off to get there. But um, there's no better feeling when you get that call uh, from a team saying, hey, we want to bring you in and signing that on that dotted line. So, um, yeah, man, it was it's, – it's, it's, it's something that I can honestly say that I'm, I'm really proud of. Uh, absolutely, and you should be. I mean, from, uh, you know, watching you throughout your career at Washington, uh, this, the ability was there. And uh, it was so – it must have been vindicating for you to, to get that NFL deal. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure, man. It's, you know, it was just one of those things where, you know, you know, people around you know and you know, but the world doesn't know. <laughs> and it's like, well – great way to put it. What, what, what am I supposed to do with that? You know, that's not okay, but it's like, I, Hey, I can only do what I can do, you know? And so, um, yeah, it was definitely frustrating, definitely frustrating. Um, you know, I definitely had a lot of, you know, you know, come to Jesus moments where you know, I was just like, listen, man, what are we going to do 
are we going to just keep this going? Or, you know, are we possibly going to transfer? I mean, because like you said, like other people saw it. So it would be one thing if it was just me, just, you know, as confident in myself as I could be. But, you know, when other people see it, it's like, okay, well, you feed into that. It's like, okay, well, why is it not turned over into more opportunity? Um, but at the end of the day, man, it all ended up working itself out. And somebody at the, at the highest level of the game ended up seeing what I saw and what other people saw. So, uh, yes, it ended up being a win. <laughs> that is awesome. And uh, so, DeAndre, obviously you, uh, you've moved on from the NFL. You're now working with Washington athletes around the state. Uh, and we're going to call back on you here in a little bit because you have some experience against this head coach in this program under David Shaw. Washington takes on Stanford at Husky Stadium, prime time, right there, that afternoon game at 1 p.m. Jake, what are your initial thoughts on this game? Yeah, looking at Stanford, it's kind of, to me, their offense is kind of just a two-headed monster, right? You have Davis Mills, the senior quarterback. Uh, he's got, you know, he's got okay numbers this year. He's looking at five, roughly a little over 500 yards. And then you have Austin Jones, the running back, and he's kind of the workhorse of that offense. Um, UW's going to really need to focus on stopping Austin Jones. When you look at this game, Stanford's going to want to really muddy this game up, right? They're going to want to go with an Oregon State type of game. They're going to want to run the ball. And then on defense, Stanford's going to, in return, not want to let us run the ball. And really, that's been Washington's bread and butter this year, is running the ball. You know, Dylan Morris has pretty good numbers. But when it comes down to it, Washington wants to run the ball. Looking at a couple of numbers, Stanford's giving, you know, they're, they're getting 23 points a game. Uh, which is what we're allowing on defense. And they are giving up 31 points a game, which is what we're getting on offense. So really, um, if numbers true hold to to history, then it's going to be, I mean, I'm looking at a 31-23 game. What about you, Trev? Yeah, I think that you're hitting it on the head. When I was starting to look at this first, of course, Davis Mills missed the first game with a false yeah. positive. And if – it, you know, if Stanford were to kind of divert from their play sheet or, or whatever you want to call it, missing four field goals, that game is a lot closer. Uh, they yeah. were able to run the ball on Oregon, which I guess we've seen over the next few weeks that teams can run on Oregon. Uh, but I think that was a shock to everybody in the Pac-12 footprint, uh, especially thinking that Oregon would be, you know, have the top defense uh, run and pass. Uh, so, you know, Stanford was able to do some stuff there. Uh, they finally got their first win. It was a really wacky win against Cal with a blocked PAT at the end of the game yeah. to feel the deal. Yeah. So uh, they've, they've gotten that first win, which is kind of a big deal. Um, but like you said, I mean, it's kind of the two-headed monster. The one name on there that hurts my heart a little bit is Connor Weddington because I think he would have been a fantastic Husky. Um, but the passing game – you know, it, it's these corners and the, the, this defensive secondary in general. I don't know how much there is for Davis Mills to take advantage of. Frankly, last year there wasn't a lot to take advantage of. I think Washington's loss there was a lot more on a uh, stagnant offense for Washington. Yeah. So yeah. if Washington can keep running the ball like they've been doing uh, and Dylan Morris can keep taking that step forward, this should be a win. But it's Stanford. And um, DeAndre, you know, Stanford – and Washington from about, you know, the time you were there till you left, you beat, you were there, you beat Stanford in, C in Seahawks stadium. 
it's a back and forth affair with these two. And um, I don't say there's bad blood because I don't really have fans to have bad blood with, but uh, it, it could, it's quite the rivalry on the field because they're very similar teams. For sure. For sure. Yeah, no, I, I, would, I would definitely agree with that. Um, you know, um, every, I would say a lot of a, a couple teams in the Pac-12 at the time when I was playing felt like a rivalry type of game. And definitely Stanford was one of those teams just because their philosophy is like they don't back down from anybody. Right. Um, and they want to come at you and just punch you in the mouth, whether it's on there, whether, well, I, I guess you could say season-wise or historically in the past few years with Coach Shaw, um, they want to just punch you in the mouth on the defensive side of the ball and just take it that physicality to you. Um, and then on the, and then on the offensive side of the ball, they don't, they don't, they don't hide what they're going to do. They're going to try to run the ball right. and control the clock and, yeah. um, and win that way. And that's their brand of football. And so you either got to meet them where they're at or, you know, you're going to lose. So, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, because I feel like, you know, like you said, you know, um, UW's running game is where they're they're leaning on right now. Um, I don't know if it's the necessarily the youth of Dylan Morrison or they just feel like that's just where they have, you know, the most firepower. The line has definitely done a great job of um, getting whatever running back is in there, giving him an opportunity to make a cut and get upfield. And, you know, when I was looking at the stats, what I saw is that Stanford has had in the, la in the last – out of their game that they've played, they've almost – they've had between – They've given up at least 100. Uh, the last two games, they've had two 100-yard rushers. Um, yeah. And they've given up close to 200 yards in the last three games. And so um, I know the coaches are probably looking at the same thing that I was looking at and saying, okay, we can just play what we – we can just do what we've been doing and just use our stable of running backs and just run the ball. Um, and, you know, I, I, at least from my standpoint, that hasn't been a usual weak point in Stanford's defense. Yeah. Um, it's more so been on the – the, it's more so being on the back end than the front seven, but the fact that that's the case, and you know they've exploded, they've they've been exploited multiple weeks on film. I don't see why UW would do anything different. Yeah, yeah. and that's a that's a really good point too, because I, I'm looking at the stats right now. They're they're averaging 229 yards a game against them on the ground, which is a crazy number. Right. Uh, David Shaw is very stubborn as a head coach, and on the offensive side. He wants to do what teams are doing to him on the opposing side of the field, right? He wants to run the ball. He wants to ground and pound. Unfortunately, it's kind of backfired for them this year because their third down efficiency, they're like 96th in the country at 31% on third down. So first and second down, they're trying to run the ball, run, run, and they're, they're getting third longs and it's just not working for them offensively. And against a Washington team that's 3-0. and If Shaw has tricks up his sleeves, this is going to be the game that he's going to pull those out. Right. Yeah, and, you know, you think of those great Stanford teams, the ones that you played against, DeAndre, and then in the last decade or, you know, the last few years, uh, you played against Toby Gearhart, who was uh, a low yeah. to bring down. And then, of course, you have Christian McCaffrey, who's was uh, should have won the Heisman his junior year. And then Bryce Love, who was who also was in the running for a Heisman. Yeah. Uh, for the last couple of years, as Stanford has kind of fallen off of the top of the North, you've seen uh, a, more of a stable of running backs come through and no true transcendent running back. So I think that you guys are right where 
Washington should be able to um, control the line of scrimmage, uh, even though Stanford does, although their offensive efficiency is down, there's still a lot of talent on that offensive line. Washington should be able to f bottle up these running backs and then force Davis Mills to beat the secondary, which really isn't a very good combination. Hmm. On the other side, we have Washington's offense. Jake, I want you to uh, talk about how you think Washington's offense can attack the Stanford defense. Uh, I mean, we saw it in the last game, right? Oh, at least in the second half. Um, obviously, Washington wants to run the ball, and I agree. I, I love winning the point of attack and watching those big guys eat up front. I think that's a really fun football. Um, it's not great to watch on TV. I'd rather watch DeAndre go for a 30-yard fade route. Right. But uh, I mean, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'd rather see that on the TV. But there's something exciting about a game that's controlled on the ground, and Washington wants to do that. But in the second half of last game, we saw what worked for us, Trev. What was it? Uh, oh, Cotton. Cotton. K. Dotton all damn day. If we can run, <laughs> if we can run and hit K. Dotton. You know, I mean, I'd like to see Kate Otten get 15 receptions this game. I mean, the dude is a man-child, and he can control what Stanford wants to do defensively. He is such a mismatch that they have to focus on him, which might free up some receivers. But in the end of the day, all Washington wants to do is run the ball, and that's what's going to win this game for Washington. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. And, and softening up that seam – uh, keeping the linebackers uh, away from the line of scrimmage for an extra beat would be huge. Yep. Now, DeAndre, I have a question for you that I actually didn't prepare you for at all, but uh -oh. um, you're a professional, so I'm going to go with it. So you, for your first three years at Washington, uh, you were getting balls thrown to you by Keith Price. Um, good, good quarterback. Um, and then your, your final year, you have Siler Miles, who came in as, as a first-year starter. Mm -hmm. What was that transition like? And the reason I ask you this is not that it, Chris Peterson's not here anymore, but Jimmy Lake worked under Chris Peterson. And the way that they started with um, Dylan Morris is very similar to how I saw them start with Jake Browning and Siler Miles. When – what are the coaching staff looking for to allow Morris to kind of come out a little bit more? And uh, do you think that it could happen to uh, this week? Um, well, yeah, like you said, I had Keith. Um, the different, I would say the difference between Keith, Keith and Siler was, um, I would say it was the confidence factor for one sure. um, and them as quarterbacks. Um, and I think it was the confidence that the coaches have in the players and, whether people believe it or not, a player can feel how his coach feels about him as far as how he calls the plays. Sure. Um, whether that's in practice or it's in the game, it's like, well, you know, I know that you know I can throw the ball, but how efficient do you think I can throw the ball? And it's like, if they don't feel like you're efficient throwing the ball, then what are they going to do? They're going to run the ball. Um, and so um, that's definitely what I feel like they've done with Dylan Morris. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, being who Coach Pete has always been and who if Coach Lake works under Coach Pete, unless he's trying – I don't see Coach Lake trying to do that much of a different type of offense to where he's just like, hey, we're going to get away from the run. That's not who we're going to be. We're going to go to an air raid. I don't see him doing that, um, especially out the gate. You know, Coach Lake, 
you know, they brought him in, you know, and kept him so that he could win games. Not not how they win the games or not how great the quarterback plays, but winning games. And so if he feels like he has the advantage on the ground, then he's going to – I feel like he's going to take that. At the same time, um, you know, Dylan Morrison – Dylan Morris did some great things at the end of that game. But if you look at the first half, it was almost a tale of two different games. Absolutely. Um, and so – um, but the things that he was able to do towards the end of that game and lead the team downfield, I definitely feel like he took a step in the right direction um, as far as a quarterback and his confidence. Um, but it's just gonna it's just gonna take a matter of you know it, does coach does coach Lake and the staff feel like that was um, that was desperation that they had to do it and that could be something that you know if he's pushed against the wall then that's what he can do or do they feel like that's something that he came out of himself and became and elevated his game to where we'd feel more confident and giving him more opportunities to make more plays. Awesome. All right, gentlemen, I need a prediction. Uh, 31-23. <laughs> Numbers don't lie, right? There you go. I would say I'm thinking I'm thinking maybe about 21-24. I, I, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a close game. I, I don't think it's gonna be a high scoring game because neither one of the teams is really gonna look to pass the ball. Um, so I think it's gonna run out a lot of time on the clock. So it's not gonna be a high scoring game. Um, so I mean, hey, we're gonna see. I, I definitely feel like um, UW's defense has an opportunity to make stops in the red zone to where it would put more field goal opportunities out there. So I don't feel like it's going to be just straight touchdowns against touchdowns against touchdowns. So, um, yeah, I'm thinking maybe 21, 24, 17, 24, some, 17, 21, somewhere around there. I'm, I'm thinking it may be a field goal or two in there. So I think it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, like you said, smash mouth, uh, grinder type game. Awesome. I'm going to go, uh, 31-14, because if you take out the 27 points Washington gave up in the fourth quarter, Washington has only given up 14 points uh, a game this season. So I'm going to stick yeah. with the law of averages. They're scoring about 30. They're giving up 14. I'm going to go 31-14. DeAndre, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Let Husky know, Nation know what you're doing and how they can follow you. Yeah, so – um, so what I'm doing now is I've, uh, I, I, I basically pretty much took my experiences at UW from being coached by some of the greatest coaches um, in collegiate sports as far as football goes. And then the experiences that I have from playing and being coached at the NFL level, and I put it into curriculum and training philosophies that I now give to young athletes. Um, I've been doing it since the beginning of 2018 through Warrior, Warrior Academy. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Uh, and so um, I work with eight kids ages seven all the way to NFL athletes to help them hone in on the physical aspect of the game, but also the mental aspect of the game, um, which a lot of people underestimate. Um, it's a lot more that goes into that type of preparation and that type of understanding and, and, psycho and psychological um, advantage that you can have if you're able to understand uh, the different things that I'm able to teach guys. And so um, yeah, so that they can follow me on uh, at Warrior Academy or Warrior WR Academy on Instagram, or they can follow me on Facebook um, or on Twitter, the same thing. And so, um, yeah, I'm always looking to work with more kids that want to get better, want to get better and elevate their games. I've had several guys that have gone on to play collegiate, um, collegiate football um, at different positions. And so, um, you know, there was a point in time where, you know, I wasn't all the way sure, but 
you know, because it was my experience. And, you know, you can't really go off on what you, you know, off just your experience, you have to see results. And so once guys started seeing results and they started getting better, and, you know, just last year I had 20 kids um, make all league honors in their respective leagues. Wow. At all, at all different class, freshman all the way to senior. And so, um, yeah, guys are growing and developing on and off the field. And it's a joy to be able to do. It's a joy to be able to give back and help those that still want to pursue the dream be able to pursue the dream at the highest level of the game. So, awesome. Yeah. DeAndre, thank you. Go dogs. Yeah, go, go dogs. For more daily content, go to si.com slash college slash Washington. And our music is brought to you by Jacob Falkerson from the Other Side of It podcast.